Live. Live on. Live on set. And welcome to episode 17 of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. Joining me on set today, my friend, Jay Lee. I'm so happy she's here. Jay Lee, how's it going? Hi. Hi, hi. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like, well, this is my first time being any podcast. So that's the first thing. Super excited. And then the other thing is like, I don't know, I've been listening to um, the first few episodes and I, I learned a lot about you and about, you know, what you did in college and I've known you're passionate for these things, but I didn't know the details. So this was pretty cool. So if you want to get to know Austin better, this is the place. Thanks so much. No, thank you for saying that. And I've had so much fun, I think, because uh, we're recording this uh, just the week before Christmas and that, that middle point of, of December that we're in now. But you are the episode before the season one finale. So I've had all these episodes before, so I'm working my way up. So you're here today, which is great. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, there's so many elements of this show. We could talk about movies. We could talk about TV, music, and we'll kind of get there as we go. But I'm trying to remember, I, I met you through one of my good friends, Aaron. So some That's people who have, right. So, so some people who have listened to the show, uh, my friend Aaron, I've known since high school. Uh, it's about over 10 years now, but she also helped me design a little bit of the the logo for the podcast. So a lot of this show is to thank to to Aaron and and there's so many people that I've met through Aaron, you, um, your husband James, Edily, like so many friends I talk to all the time, and I'm so glad you're here. So I know we talked a little bit a couple of days ago when we talked a little bit uh, before we started Zoom in here together today, but the first time I think we ever met or maybe. Uh, like went to like a soccer game or something. We talked about movies and some other things, but the first movie we ever talked about was <laughs> Crazy Stupid Love. Oh my God, that is such a great movie. And it's, I feel like it's undervalued because there's people that have never seen it. And right. I, I don't know why, but movies that have like that punchline, like that little twist at the end that you really don't see coming because there's some movies that you watch and you kind of know how the plot's going to go. And you're like, okay, maybe it's this person. You make your guesses and sometimes they're easy with this movie. I was like, Oh no, no at all. Caught off guard. It's such a great movie. It's such a great. And I love, I'm really um, the type of person that like analyzes characters more than going into actually like the, um, making of the movie like the production itself I am yeah. more like okay let me study the character to see who whatever it is and I just feel like everybody played their role in that movie so well and so well yeah no definitely I think and and, and the crazy thing is is because like, I have like these DVDs here so we're talking through the computer like mm -hmm. I can see you on my laptop but looking <laughs> up right now I have these DVDs and one of them I can see right now is crazy stupid love and uh -huh. like what you said there was so great and it's it's so true so anyone who's seen the movie too would be able to like agree with it but and I won't give it away for people who haven't, but mm -hmm. Crazy Stupid Love, Steve Carell, Julianne Moore, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, mm -hmm. that movie, because when you think of like twists or you think of something crazy happening at the end, I really don't associate that with like a comedy or like a romantic comedy. So mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool to kind of have uh, something like that in, in that movie too. And Marissa Tomei is in that too. So she, I think she's, she's great. I know that's the first movie that we talked about. I know we're kind of getting close to the holidays. So do you have like a favorite movie that might not be holiday themed or are there, is there anything that's always like a movie you love to watch? In general, I love repeating movies that are good movies. Like even mm -hmm. if they have that, that one surprise element at the end that you're like, okay, when you rewatch it, you're like, you already know that's going to happen. I always like watch rewatching stuff for cues that I missed. Right. So not off. Uh, this is way off from holiday. This is like not even holiday related. One of my favorite movies is Seven Pounds. Okay. Um, yes, with Will Smith. Right. I I think it's a go to. It's because um, it's a movie that has a lot of like raw life elements, and I don't think I watch it in the holidays, but I do. Whenever I see it on, I stay and I watch it again. And I just, I just think um, not just apart from the acting, like I said, the character, mm -hmm. uh, the main character in the movie is struggling a lot 
with like life itself and it's just such a great it's a deep movie when i watch it i feel like i am looking into the life of somebody you know what i mean right. like it feels real I, sometimes i have to remind myself that it's a movie <laughs> it's a movie you're watching right. a movie it may not even if it's based on a on a book or on real life you're still watching a movie you're not watching actually you know the situation happening to the person so but um i just love uh how involved it felt like i that's i think that's the great thing about cinematography when they can take you and they can transport you to that place and you can feel like you're actually watching somebody's life happen right. that not a lot of movies do that not a, there's so there's thousands of content out there i've watched movies that i've never i, I think it's a waste of my time at the end because just because i didn't feel like I was actually watching somebody's life happen. But there's so many good movies out there that do make you feel that way. And at least that's the experience I want to have. You know, there's people that watch it so they could feel entertained. So they can, maybe they watch it for, you know, analyzing actually the production of the movie. So, and, or maybe they watch it because they like the director. A lot of people watch Quentin Tarantino because right. they know they know the way that he's going to direct the movie. They know to look for certain cues. So I think that's such a, and that's the experience of some people. But for me, I watch it to see how immersed I can get. I love what you said there, like cinematography. I've talked about it on earlier shows <laughs> and I talk about it with my friends all the time. Just like that mm -hmm. whole element of movie making and the camera guiding you from the beginning of a story, the beginning of a TV show, movie, mm -hmm. whatever it is all the way through that story, you follow the characters, you follow, it, it takes you on that journey, that that visual uh, journey from start to finish of whatever story, whatever, anything you're really watching. Be completely honest, I've, I've known you for a couple of years, we talked about mm -hmm. movies. Big fan of Will Smith, big fan of cinematography. I have never seen Seven Pounds. Ooh, ooh, so now, so well, this is great. I, <laughs> I can learn, I can learn from my mistakes and I can add it to, there's what I've been trying to work on is like, watching new TV shows. And when we talk about Netflix, I'll mention one in a little bit, but with Will Smith, he was, and, and we're basically like, we're around like the same age. Will Smith was so big for me growing up. Like if I had like a day off during the week, like a, like a holiday or something, or I was home on the weekends from like 9am to 11am, every morning was the Fresh Prince. And then kind of growing up with him and seeing things, Will Smith, there's so many movies of his that I have seen and so few that I haven't. And one of those movies is Seven Pounds. It's, listen, maybe it's not, have, do you, have you heard of it at least? Oh, or? sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe it's not your cup of tea without spoiling anything. It's not a happy movie. So right. if you don't gravitate towards th those type of movies, then you, you probably be like, mm, skip the route. But yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's one of, it's a must watch. If you, like I said, if you like to analyze characters and you like to immerse yourself in the movie like a good example of this and i know this movie is way it's, it's a different story and it's way heavier and when it comes to the cinematography and the way it was made the revenant i think yes. am i saying it right yeah. that is such an amazing movie and sometimes I ask people when you watch it it's kind of it's kind of hard to watch you're like yeah there's a lot going on and the movie is so simple and it's so heavy at the same time Right. I remember seeing that in theaters. I've only seen The Revenant once. I went, it was a 12 o'clock showing, Regal Lunar Park. I'll never forget it. And I had to work a magic game that night. And I was like, I didn't have breakfast. I've been looking for this movie for so long. I had used an entire Regal gift card I had that day on my ticket, on my concessions, everything. And Jaylee, sometimes I don't like to like start popcorn or drink anything during the previews because I want to save it for the actual movie. I did that. And then when I got to the movie about 10, 15 minutes in, I left the, I left the movie with everything that I paid for almost three hours before because the movie was so long. I didn't eat anything because the movie was so, it was intense. Emmanuel Lebesky, he was a cinematographer. He won like back to back to back. He went for Gravity, Birdman and, and The Revenant. And The Revenant is a movie, like I said, I've only seen once. It's a movie like Leo DiCaprio, who I'm a big fan of. He had never really done a role like that before. And it was just so, so intense. It's one of those movies. I don't want to like, I haven't seen Seven Pounds, so I can't like compare it to it. But mm -hmm. basically, I know people that really, really liked it. And then people that didn't, not like kind of like anyone kind of in between. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough movie. And it's, it's, I mean, all outdoors, obviously, but it's, it's mm -hmm. fun to watch. And, and that's where I go with 
um, the whole immersion thing. Like if the, you can tell when the actor is committed to the role and the reason why that movie was a huge success for them, for the, for In Your Root and, you know, everybody that was involved in the production of it is because they had to commit because they were in, it was in the wild. It was cold. It was great. I felt like when I was watching that movie that I was seeing somebody's story, like yeah. happened in my, I was there. And I think that that is the magic of cinematography. I think you were talking about um, in previous podcasts that the importance too is that, that you can tell that it was a, a great piece of art. Like all the components are there and you can tell that everybody worked really hard. I would add that it also experience that you have when you see it. So, it, and, and you're right with that movie, People either like it or don't like it, but it's just such a, I think it was such a great movie and, and, and it was different from a lot of the things we've seen because of the conditions of the movie. Right. And I remember just like the, the production for that. I know because the only time that Leo had won an Academy Award, it was for Best Actor for The Revenant. And when he was up there and there were other awards that that film had won that night, cinematography director, things like that. Mm -hmm. But just like the great lengths that production as a crew had to go all over the world to kind of film it. And then when they had to do reshoots, they had to go to the opposite side of the world just because of how crazy climate change things uh, are. Everything you're saying so far is, it's so true. It's, it's everything is, and the people that see these movies or they know the stories behind like those productions, like they can't deny that. And it's with Leo, he is someone who's been an A-lister for so long. So these studios that, that back these movies, they know on a business side of things, they're like, okay, he's never had a flop in his career. He's going to be able to people are going to, people are going to go watch his movie. So like, they're going to make their money back in the budget. It doesn't matter what they kind of give him and that team that make a movie because they'll make the money back. But that's such, it's, it's such an intense movie and it's, it's a long movie, but the cinematography is so good. So like, I felt like I was like locked in the whole time. Yeah. And, I, I agree. I love that. Yeah. I agree. And I, that takes me to another really good movie that I always bring up when, when, everybody says anybody says Leonardo is Inception Oof. that movie <laughs> yeah that movie and I'm mentioning it it because it's one of my favorite movies it's long too there mm -hmm. we go with another long movie right. but it's such an amazing plot now that's the kind of movie and I and you still get immersed and you still feel like you're watching people it, it just has so many great actors in general you feel immersed you feel like you're watching something that could actually happen in mm -hmm. real life that may be actually happening somewhere people incepting ideas in other people's brains through dreams yeah. that it's possible and it's all because that you know somebody's commitment to a movie is, yeah. is so amazing and i feel like immersed every time i watch it i'm there yeah no like those christopher nolan movies like inception <laughs> i never saw it in theaters i remember watching it for the first time my first year in college and my friend Will, who's a, is a follower of the podcast. So um, I know he'll appreciate this, but it was just like this horrible, like weather day. It was right when we first got to college and we just sat and he had like a bigger TV kind of in his dorm. So we went there and we watched it. And I was so upset at myself for not seeing it in a theater. Cause I felt like that would have been like one of like those ultimate like theater experiences. But mm -hmm. that movie is one that, and I think I talked about this earlier before, if I could have like one superpower could it be, could I just, when I leave a movie, could I just press a button? So if I see that movie again, I know like I'm watching it for the first time. And that yeah. movie was just so, I mean, intensity, check that box off. Cinematography, check that box off. I'm pretty sure I think it won Best Cinematography for that too. But that movie, cast amazing, story amazing. It was something that like, as a, as a fan of film and cinema, and at that time it came out, I was... 17 18 there were movies like that i'd never really seen that before and and being able to immerse yourself in a, a movie like that and like be in the audience and see what's going on it's hard not to think could this be real life could this happen mm -hmm. does this exist in our world today mm -hmm. and that movie is just turned 10 years old which is crazy and that movie could could be made today and i think have just as much of an impact that's yeah. i'll say it now and i'll say it later i have to do my homework i have to watch seven pounds but the last two you said yeah. they're, they're fan favorites for sure but yeah. i can definitely say like I, i've sent i've seen the i only saw the revenant once i think oh. i've seen inception like 
five or six times. It's something that, and I know people that have watched it so many times, but I like to kind of distance myself and maybe try to like notice things that I haven't seen the previous time I watched it. And it's just one of those movies that every time at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh my God. The the funniest story about Inception is that the first time, okay, so there was one time I picked it up. I was like, you know what? Let's see. Everybody talks about this movie. It's so great. I didn't, I didn't watch it until years later. I didn't watch it the first time when it came out. So um, I hear somebody like there's commotion and somebody's like, it's a good movie. And I started watching it and I was like, I am not watching this movie. Not happening. Next, next thing. Uh, fast forward like two years, three years later, and I watched it and I was like in shock. I was like, this is such a good movie. Yeah. This is, and it's not just because the movies, it's the, the ideas, the way they, you know, the storyline, the way they connected things, people, everything, every, it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't think, I just think it's a great movie. And like you were saying, and I do think Christopher Nolan knows how to transport people to, yeah. you know, to those scenarios and those areas. And it's just great. That's yeah. a great movie. No, he's he's been doing it for so long and I think he'll he'll continue to do it. And just like mm-hmm. those movies, you just say like wow, or like your mind is blown. And and I'm I'm excited to see he had a movie that came out earlier in the summer, so I'm mm-hmm. excited to to see what's next. Any other movies on your list? On my fave oh my goodness, that I could talk about yeah. all day long. So that's you know how you're trying to catch up on and get some uh shows. I I can't, I don't binge watching doesn't work for me that well i only have like a couple like three or four shows that i binge watch that you could say okay i'll sit and watch the whole thing my thing is movies so i could then sit here and talk all day long i also really i've enjoyed it's there's so many movies yeah at this point in my life i think one of my favorite movies and i know we're moving to netflix later but um I think Burt Box was a very pleasant surprise for me. And I know it's probably like pop culture. <laughs> it's like, okay, Bird Box. Yeah. It was, and I loved that movie. And I felt like it was, there we go again with the storyline. Now, to be fair, in this movie, some parts were like, okay, come on. Yeah. But I still felt immersed. I felt like every time, I've watched it more than once. And every yeah. time I watch it, I still feel like, wow let, let's see what happens let's see where it goes so yeah it's a no, very let's start going with netflix i'm like bird box mm. another movie i haven't seen no i have not seen the movie no. it was one of those things and, and i don't know if like tiger king is on your list but i waited like six months after it came out i watched it for 10 minutes and i said this is not for me when bird box came out there was so much hype on it so i just I was like, let me wait, let me get this like out so I can basically, so I can, I don't want to say find it on my own because I wouldn't be finding it because it'd be on my list of just let it time go away for a minute. But it's one of those movies and like Sandra Bullock, I'm a big fan of. So at some point I will definitely need to watch it, okay. but I've never seen it. Wow. Wow. Austin. Wow. I know. I would think, you know what it is? I feel like you, and like I said, from the podcast, I've learned a little bit about you. And I think it's been a lot of, you have some, like some of your favorite movies that you have the your go-tos. And I think right now, I would rather watch a movie that I really, really like mm-hmm. than watch a movie that I'm going to know, that I know it's going to be like weird. Right. So I see where you're coming from. And I was listening to you and some of the movies you mentioned in your previous podcast. I haven't watched either. Mm-hmm. I recently realized that I am horrible. Anything before the like the 90s yeah. in movies, it's like, I don't know. Right. Whatever people, you know how people, and especially like holiday movies, everyone's so hyped about all the list. I just watched Jack Frost like this weekend. Okay. For the first time in my life. Okay. So I, it's like I missed this whole timeline <laughs> of great movies. Yeah. That, uh, that it's like, that are amazing. Everybody knows about, everybody knows every character. Like, it, I laugh when I, everybody, anybody asks me about it. Same yeah. with some music. Like some music from anything from like the 90s and before. Yeah. No idea. Nothing. No, <laughs> nothing. Oh, and wow. it, yeah, and I think it's cultural too, you know, when um depends on your parents. My parents didn't listen to that music a lot. So mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't exposed to it when I was younger. I have to thank Glee for a lot of songs that I know 
yeah that are really that I know that are kind of you know just legendary regardless of the generation you yeah. are but my parents didn't listen to music like that mm -hmm. so I whatever I've learned it's a accumulation of whoever I heard or whatever so yeah. I understand so yeah. there's a lot of movies out there that are really and there's so much content too there's like so thousands and thousands and thousands of movies that you could sit and watch and be amazed or be annoyed and, right yeah no absolutely and like what you said about like with binge watching I I have only binge watched <laughs> one show and it was Breaking Bad and Yes, I would say it was worth it, but I I feel like I would have enjoyed it more if I just happened to, it could be like a time management thing. It could be like just kind of doing certain things, but there's only a few shows ever that I that I can say that I've watched from the first episode it ever was all the way kind of like through its, its end. And it's tough because sh like shows that I could be a big fan of only ran two or three years. They could have run seven or eight years, nine years. Or they're kind of still going today. But no, Bird Box, now that I know it's on Netflix, the, it's kind of quieted down. I can mm -hmm. add that to my list uh, with seven pounds. Do it. Do yeah. it. You have to You have to just do it. One day, yeah. it's okay, I don't know what to watch. And yeah. And honestly, um, Netflix does have a few that are good. I don't know. Have you, I'll mention what happened to Monday. I don't know if you've watched it. That's a really good one on Netflix too. Okay. I'm I'm just a really net, big Netflix supporter. I don't know why. Okay. But I I'm want to just see a movie whenever they come out with something and say, hey, I'm gonna try it. And sometimes I really don't like it, and sometimes I really like them. Yeah. It's the way there was um I can't remember the title of a movie right now, but there was a movie that was about like a serial killer, mm -hmm. and it was based on like this two girls kind of narrating the story and how it all happened. And the movie's out of Netflix now. I guess it wasn't as successful, but that was, I showed that movie to like seven different people because yeah. it was, to me, it was such a good movie. It wasn't even produced with a lot of money. So you could tell that it wasn't wow big, but the plot line was really good. So okay. I feel like Netflix, um, it's a great platform because it does give like some emerging people in the business that opportunity that yeah. they may not have. And, and that's the times now. Before, years ago, these people wouldn't even have had a chance other than you producing the movie um, yourself and trying to get it out there in different, you know, it, trying to get it out there was way different than it is now. Now, if you get picked up, you're good. You're good. It, it, it's crazy because it's it's so true. I grew up and it's during like this this COVID time where it's not normal for us, obviously, but like I grew up where if I if I was watching a movie, I went to the movies. Mm -hmm. And then when Netflix kind of came in for me and kind of has continued to really increase in its popularity when I started college and it's kind of it's gotten more and more popular. Hulu is big, Amazon is big. I love what you said there because there are people who could have a show on Netflix. It could be a stand-up special. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. And those people might not have had the opportunity to even finance a movie kind of like on their own to like just show the world what they're capable of. And that mm -hmm. I, I like that these streaming services are really able to, whether they're financing it or they're just kind of releasing it and like, like distribution of it really giving all of the, these artists, these musicians, these filmmakers a chance. And the good thing about Netflix is to say that you've had like a Netflix original or something like a movie or a TV or something. It's, it's great. It's great. And the fact that they're also being considered for, you know, award yeah. shows, that's, yeah. that to me is huge too. I think it's just that um, the technology has allowed it, but it's just been a great great thing so I am I'm really happy I'm really excited to see what other content is going to come out of you know this pandemic because I know that a lot of people weren't able to make any movies but some right. other people found their way around it and hopefully next year's you know next year when when a few movies come out the ones that do are great yeah uh, but yeah no I I think there's a lot of good stuff on Netflix you just have to go and search and find it if you and this is what i tell people sometimes the suggestions you get are like funky yeah. just don't guide yourself by that like right. try to see like go online search see where what people are talking about mm -hmm. and I'm, i guarantee you, you'll have movies 
for a long time. Yeah, no, it's no. And, and that's like, there's definitely, there's not a shortage uh, of content on Netflix, just specifically Netflix and like the other sh- the platforms as well, like Hulu, Amazon. But like <laughs> I share Netflix with like, my family. So I'm like, I know what my cousin watches. What is, what is his brother watching? Like, it's just kind of weird, but like not, and, and that isn't, I'm just messing with him because they've been on the <laughs> show before, but Netflix I completely agree with what you're saying because Netflix will say like what Netflix like top 10 is now, but then it'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, you, because you watch this, watch this, because you watch this, watch this and some stuff I'm like, okay. And then some stuff I'm like, what's up? <laughs> and it's just like, not like, I don't know how kind of like Netflix or whatever, like algorithm it was to kind of figure that out. What, I don't what they're doing. No, Netflix is definitely, and they add new things each month and, and, and yeah, some things do go away, but a lot of those like shows of mine that I've really liked over the past couple of years, we, we talked for like a second before we started, but I put up like an Instagram story like a month ago. I was trying to find a new TV show, like let me know I'm gonna, and then I'll talk about it on the podcast. So a lot of people were talking about Ozark and Ozark is a show on Netflix and I had tried a couple different times to get into it and I couldn't get past the second or third episode. It was like, a little slow, felt a little slow, but I will say over the past like week and a half, two weeks, I've watched the entire first season and I'm almost halfway through season two. And I just kind of had to get past like those first couple episodes. And it's, it's definitely picking up. I I like Jason Bateman a lot. So we'll see Mm -hmm. Netflix as a whole is definitely in a really good spot. So I'm excited to see what comes next year. And and after that as well. Speaking of Ozark, I've watched it. That's one of the shows I have watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there are times that it does get really like tedious that you're like, Oh my God, what's going to happen now? But I think it's not that the storyline gets a little complex. I think it's that they, if you miss an element, that element may be important in, in, in the episode number 10. And they just mentioned an, an episode number one. So right. you have to kind of pay attention to what's happening, what's going on. Right. And then the other part is that trying to analyze the characters there is kind of weird because they're all morphing so fast that you don't really know what's going on. So right. I think that's why Ozark hasn't had that big of a, you know, I'm not like Breaking Bad and I've never watched Breaking Bad, like the mm-hmm. whole thing. I've watched one or two episodes ever, right. but the, the, the reason why it was such a great boom is because you evolved with the characters and you saw like it was easy to follow like you knew what's what was happening with ozark right. if you miss it you might not even know next episode the the character you thought was this is completely the opposite or maybe they're out or right they're gonna come back in episode number 10 or they're not you know so right that's probably what happens there I feel like as someone that is not a binge watcher and we've talked about it like netflix mm-hmm it's very easy to do it. So like, I guess kind of have to like be careful where I'll try not to watch like one or two episodes at a time. Cause if I watch two episodes of Ozark, it's like, okay, I just watched a movie and, and I'll watch it. Try to kind of like pick it up where I left off a couple of days later or something like that. But no, completely breaking bad was on TV for six plus years or whatever it was. And I, I know I have good friends of mine who were such big breaking bad fans and they still are. They'll always compare it. Oh, it's better than breaking bad or it's not better than breaking bad. But with, mm-hmm that show starting with kind of like Walt and Jesse and then kind of like watching them kind of evolve and grow up like with Ozark you have that core family and what business that they're they're involved in but it's all kind of moving really quickly and they have flashbacks in there too it's it's kind of when it's on you got to watch it to kind of keep up with it and and, and comprehend what's going on and so much happens all at once I don't know it, it takes time to get into shows I think that's the other part I mean don't get me wrong I love the fact that you can have access to the next episode and you can know what's going to happen and they give you the full season and if you want to sit down and just get it done you'll sit down and get it done I also miss that oh my god next week is the next episode what's going to happen and you thinking and talking about it and being obsessive with what's going to happen for the for the next episode that is priceless and that's something that's been taken away sometimes i mean if you have um i think in hulu you still have some of that with some shows but still mm-hmm. to me i'm like that is that is priceless that yeah. is it's the best of both worlds you have it so you can wow hype it up and just sit down and watch the whole thing yeah. Or you have, or you don't have, it and you kind of miss that like excitement, that momentum that's built when they leave you hanging on that last part, like those right. last ten minutes. Right. No, absolutely. Because God, that's so true. Because mm-hmm. there were shows that I was watching live, True Detective, or um, even if it was like a comedy, like like The Office or, or, or Parks or something like that. 
Like, <laughs> like with True Detective, it's easier to say, like, I have to wait six more days to watch the next episode. But then Netflix, I can just literally just click. And I don't, ha- I don't have that feeling until like that's as far as I can go at that time. So yeah. no, it's so true. So true. It is. Um, anything else on Netflix that, that you're been no. watching or you, is that it? I think that's it. I mean, I could, uh, again, there's another subject that I could sit down and kind of talk a lot about because I've watched a lot of movies that are in there. But to be fair, a lot of the movies are, have been also in theaters at some right. point. So it's like, like I watched it after that I or I've seen trailer somewhere. So yeah, I, I recommend a lot following um, Netflix has a new suggestion and Shout out to Netflix and look at us being a sponsorship. Right. This is not paid. Oh, no God, no. If they can sponsor this podcast, that helped me up big time. <laughs> so, no. Um, with Netflix, the new, um, they ha- added a new feature in your phone that you could see kind of like what's coming up. And it's sort of um, like a timeline, kind of what you would see on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they give you like different trailers of mm-hmm. what they will be bringing and they give you a date that I think that's a great feature and this is completely different but I wa- I just recently watched uh, the Sean Mendes documentary okay uh-huh wonder yeah I I loved it but I'm a huge Sean Mendes fan yeah. I'm a huge Sean Mendes I think he's just a great musician and I love I could go on and on about the music but yeah. his new album I feel like it was a great it's very different. There are some pieces in there that are amazing, like composing wise, the muse, the musicality, the musical level that he took his music to priceless. Mm-hmm. And in, in that wonder documentary, you can get a hint of it. So yeah. if you, that's another thing, I'm not sure if you're a Sean Mendes fan, but if you are and you kind of would enjoy it i recommend you to watch that documentary because i i think it gave me a better perspective of who he was at least i didn't to be fair i i don't consider myself a fan like that would scream or like oh i have to go to their concert otherwise i'll die no it's not that type of i think it's more of that relationship like i appreciate what you put in what you bring to the table and i support you for it but that gave me more knowledge of who he was so this is not going to be a seven pounds or a bird box, but I have not seen the documentary, but with Sean Mendez, because like we've been to concerts at Amway together, like with, with our group of friends for, I think it was Jay Balvin, but we'll talk about kind of that towards the, like the next segment, but Sean Mendez played at Amway twice. The second time he played, it's one of the, and I've worked well over a hundred shows, probably close to 200 now. The Sean Mendez show the second time he came and, and Alicia Cara opened for him and it was mm-hmm. so good. Sean Mendez was on stage for two hours. The, the, just the, the vibe and his stage presence was like, if this was the last show he ever played, it was the best thing I had seen. And it was mm-hmm. one of the best shows I've ever seen there. And he is someone who, when his first song ever came out, like his first big song, like Stitches, like, okay, here we go, radio, we'll see what happens. But he evolved from one to two, and then from two to what Wonder is. I haven't listened to all the songs that are out of that yet, but that second album I had on repeat for a very long time. Really? And there's just, what what I love to do and, and what I've been kind of getting into, especially during like this pandemic is, and like for me, it's like listening on stuff on like Apple Music. I, I haven't really been that big into Spotify, but with Apple Music, there's so many like live albums of his that are on there, like a couple of ones from like album one and album two. And and I think he has a thing on Netflix too, maybe a show he played in, in Canada that I haven't watched yet, but such an amazing performer, like his voice is great too. But the maybe it's just because we're kind of like, maybe like around the same age as, as him, mm-hmm. but, and, and maybe some of the things that he talks about, we can identify or relate in some kind of way, but he is someone that, um, I've never like bought tickets to go like go as a fan. I've been to shows of his because as like an employee, mm-hmm. but he is incredible live and mm-hmm. and I love like a documentary, even if it's about someone that I just know like a little bit about and I watch something and then I really kind of get into it. 
So I'll definitely have to watch that because I definitely am a fan of him and, and his music. Yeah. I've given you a lot of homework. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was good. Um, I was listening. I think he's evolved a lot. I was listening. So I listened to Wonder and then I have a, a few songs from him saved on my library from the second album. Mm-hmm. And I came across one of them and he sounded so much like John Mayer, like what yes. like composing wise like the the way the arrangement of the guitar was made and and the way his voice you know was arranged it was just great and i think yeah. his uh, i a lot of people think he's very pop i honestly think he's a well-rounded music yeah and um if on in this new album he gave himself like this grand band or, or chester kind of like flow that is that not that you don't see a lot people mm-hmm. want quick beats and and stuff that you know sounds um a lot like an algorithm that other people would listen to so they can get money from it and i just yeah. i think music has shifted so much that whenever i can and and it goes back to kind of like with the music the movies we were talking about like you can uh, submerge yourself when listening to a song and feel like okay this is this is amazing. This is a well-rounded experience. I not I not only identify with your lyrics, I also feel some way because of the music. That's the, I think that's what music's there for, yeah. more than just making sure it's a hit. So, sure. For me, um, I'm 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 sure he also made it to be a hit. But I think when you can merge both and say, hey, great music, great lyrics and you know pop something popular that's going to be out there then you have yourself a winner yeah because you you don't you win the respect of a lot of people in different people no for sure and i love that john mayer comparison too i think he might have been involved with a couple of songs or maybe at least one on the second album i'm not sure Mm -hmm. i haven't gotten there yet but i was talking to one of my friends and i can't believe you said that because sean mayer when it's all kind of like said and done when he kind of evolves here he could be uh, not to say like because when John Mayer started doing his first album all the way through, we would have been like five, six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. So yeah. like sh- like Sean Mendez for for us, he he could end up being kind of like our John Mayer. I mean, he's evolving yeah. in that way. He's not like I know he's had collaborations with with Justin Bieber, but Justin Bieber when he started, he would he would sing, he would dance, he do do the whole thing. Sean Mendez doesn't dance; he plays he, instruments and he connects with an audience that way. And yes. and and artists, regardless of what they do they connect to their fan base in, in, in various ways. But with with Sean, I'm really excited to see kind of what's next, but then also really kind of see if he does come back to Amway, either try to go as a fan or, or try to work it if I can too, just to kind of oh. to see that'd be the third time and so much talent that he has. So we'll, we'll yes. see. Yes, um, I, I agree. And I'm down for that too, because he's such an amazing musician. It is the same, um, yeah, and, and, and just real quick, John Mayer, shout out to John Mayer forever. Of course. He is, he's, he's the GOAT. Yeah, he, <laughs> he has so many cool, like same thing with like Sean Mendes. I think he has more than Sean on Apple Music in regards to like live music. Mm-hmm. And, and John Mayer could, and John Mayer's not like your traditional like rock star, but he, no. he could be the best guitarist of all time that wasn't like a rock star. Like his yeah. his his guitar ability is incredible. But yeah. but no, let's let's stay let's stay with this. We'll we'll kind of get into music and like mm-hmm. you said, um like homework. So homework in Spanish yeah. is La Tarea. So I know La that <laughs> just because like for me, like growing up in Orlando, um, I don't think I would have said this on a podcast in the past or if I did it, I'm not sure if you would have gotten there yet. It might have been one of the more recent ones, but one of my best friends in high school, like Luis, his family was from Puerto Rico. He's the guest on episode six. And, and yes. so many friends of mine, either that you know, through like my friendship with, with Aaron or friendship of your friends, like there is a lot of people on that side of my friends from high school that either one of their parents or both of their parents are Hispanic. But with, mm-hmm. with me growing up in Orlando, we would, I think it started in second grade, we'd have Spanish for 30 minutes once a week. And then like third, fourth, fifth grade, I got more and more. And then high, uh, middle school every day, high school every day. But I just kind of got to that point where vocabulary, like numbers, colors, I'm good. But mm-hmm. over the past like year or two, I really have almost exclusively only listened to Hispanic music. So like going back on Amway, like 
I said, I mentioned earlier, like when we went to J Balvin, mm-hmm. um, I think that was last September, we, there was like five mm-hmm. or six of us that went. When it comes to Amway, like the, the artist who has performed there the most is Mark Anthony. So I think I've worked almost like five or six Mark Anthony shows. And those are some of my favorite. And like his connection to the audience and that whole aspect of that event is, is really special. But towards the end of like those two years, and I'm almost on three years now, really kind of only exclusively really kind of listening to that earlier in January or Enero, because like the months, but I, <laughs> I went to Puerto Rico with some of my best friends from high school for a bachelor party. And we were there for like three or four days. We were there for the San Sebastian festival. And there's just like the, the culture, the culture, the music, the artwork, like it's such, it's so contagious. And it's something that at least from my view of Orlando growing up here, kind of like, and what I've kind of seen through my life before meeting a lot of my friends where that was kind of like their culture, like growing up, or if they'd go see their family that didn't live in Orlando like that, when it might've been like a, a similar thing as they would have seen. It, it was such like a beautiful place. I really can't wait to go back there. But like when it comes to the podcast and it comes to the things of the elements of like this show, it's to have conversations like with my friends, my family, uh, like the people I meet along the way. So you as a friend of mine having me on, I think you'll, you you might test my abilities to see what, I, what I've what i learned. I, I might look bad in, in the sense of I might know like what a song means, but like some of the, the words and the lyrics I might only understand a little bit so we'll get there but I definitely do want to talk about like if you have a favorite musician that we can talk about that for a second and, and like in like this genre of music but then also maybe talk about some of the the artists like today that are out that are just increasingly they're more popular now than they were five minutes ago basically and um so let's let's talk about it well musicians in the and there's just so much emerging artists that are now being listened to that that represent the you know hispanic culture that it i think it's it's great regardless of i me loving you know their music or not i have to agree with the fact that they're huge Mm -hmm. they're huge and some of them they're great artists they they're actually prepared you know they know they know instruments they know music literature they know what they're doing and they've gotten there because of that knowledge you know alongside other factors too but um it's just great to see how you know the the hispanic culture is being brought up because of those um artists there's a lot of people out there one of my favorites for for me um personally it's camilo okay. i don't know yeah i think yeah. camilo has such a great message to with his music that it's to me he's one of he's one of my favorite but there is like um Rao Alejandro there is yeah there is Balvin Balvin. and he's been at it for a long time like he's got he got I remember going to one of his concerts it may have been like four years ago or maybe more and it was one of the he went uh to Hard rock? rock? Okay. Yeah, the hard rock. So it was probably, I don't know, like a thousand, two thousand people there. It was empty. Mm-hmm. Em- it was empty. And then to see him perform when we went to the Amway and see how many people were there, that's yeah. a huge step for him. Yeah. Um, he's always said that Florida was one of his big platforms. Like he started here. He mentions that he's been you know, he had to work construction at some point. Like he wasn't, he wasn't always the uh, J Balvin we see here, that we see that he's so famous and everything. So he always uh, is grateful for where he had to go through. Um, you have Bad Bunny, you have, all, you have so much talent out there that, you know, it's in a way represent, representing culture. I personally, I don't love every single one of them. I, I have my ups and downs and my, hey, I'm not listening yeah. to this or, hey, I like the beat or, hey, this is funny. But like me personally going and buying a ticket, probably not. And then, um, yeah, Jay Bobbing is one of those that I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really actually like him. And yeah. 
and I think he he has a different message too. So that I like. And then and then Osuna, which we're gonna get <laughs> to actually Osuna being also like I think he's very tropical too. And um I know you like him, so that's why we started we when we got you know together and said we were gonna do the podcast. We talked about Enoch. Yeah, oh, Enoch. That's his new album. I think I think he did a good job of bringing tropical in there, and he's he's good with that. I feel like he's done that with other albums. He just brings that tropical essence that he has to it, and anybody that listens to his music can feel like that Hispanic authenticity in it. I don't think he, I think for me he's very versatile. Like he is able to cross cultures and stuff but yeah he's good he's good and uh, i think this is one of my favorite albums um that he's come out with it's crazy to see and this kind of goes back to like my time when i was at amway like mm -hmm. just kind of like touching on like some of the people that you named there and then some of the people that well really kind of all of them like camilo i didn't know who he was as a musician until he was on this album uh, with Ozuna. Um, but then I looked into him and I saw like how big of a following he has. And I was like, I just never really knew who this person was. Like Bad Bunny, he has been in Amway a couple different times. Um, I know like the last time he he came, I went to that show center stage. It was amazing. Like I'll never forget it. Amazing. But that wasn't the first time he'd been there a couple of other times. Like I remember one of the first, I think the first time he was there, he sold out Amway. It was a Sunday night and he didn't have a song on the radio. And that's when I was like, like, what's going on? And then he was there one other time. I think it was like the the benefit for one of the uh, the hurricanes in, in in Puerto Rico, where Ozuna was there, uh, Wasina Yandel was there, um, Alexis Ifito was there. Just like people who I kind of like heard here and there, like growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, like one of the first ever songs Luis ever showed me in his car was Ojos Candle Vent. <laughs> and like I, I like there's there's words of that song that I don't know what they mean so like <laughs> with him I'll sing in the car because it's just a song that he showed me I'm not gonna like record that or anything but like the the beat to that song I loved it and mm -hmm. I was so bummed because they only because everyone played like a like a small set because there were so many artists that were there that night and mm -hmm. they played like three or four songs and they didn't play oh it's kind of then and I was crushed oh but my God. But when Ozuna was there for that, that would have been between his debut album, So Odisea, and then Aura, the second one. But mm -hmm. um, and then like Nabita was the, was the was the third album, and I liked that a lot. He like creates this whole new world, and there's so many different influences there, and and features kind of like all over the place with that album. Mm -hmm. But then like Enoch, there are artists on that album that he has collaborated with before, and then people that he hasn't collaborated with songs like singles or albums and. And I don't, I'm not sure if he had been on like albums or songs of theirs compared to like, like vice versa. But with Ozuna, what I love about him is he has like elements of artists that I was kind of like a fan, like growing up. And then what I really like about him is he's probably that sole artist of that has really kind of helped me the most in regards to visualizing kind of like what a song is about, but then also is one of those artists who, and, and really with like TV shows too, that really kind of helped me pick up a word here or there or a meaning and kind of like add that to the words in Spanish that I already know. We've been talking now for 45 minutes or so. If I can, by this time next year, if I can talk this fast and you oh, understand every word that I'm saying, but it's in Spanish and you can speak back to me and I can speak back to you, that is the ultimate, like that's the ultimate prize. But the Spanish language is is such a beautiful language and the, the, the places that I have been um, are just beautiful places. But what I love about Ozuna is it could be like an acoustic album, something delicate. It could be like, he could be the hook on like the biggest rap or trap song of the year, mm -hmm. or he could also just kind of have a piano in the background and, and sing and being able to yeah. see shows of his and, and being able to hopefully see shows of his in the future. That's my guy, man. He's great. Yes, yes. And um, I agree. 100% with you. I think he he pioneered also the movement right now, like the, their their movement. I don't think it's reggaeton anymore. I don't think it's just that. It's it's too boxed to say he just thinks reggaeton. It, it's just the culture they represent, you know? And and some of it is, is really beautiful and wonderful. And some of it, it's the way it is, 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like some of it is raw and that's how they portray it. And I think as, as we all, you know, progress in life, as we get older and, and we start seeing the, you know, how the world moves around us, then we start to appreciate what they're bringing to the table. Cause that's also part of humanity. They're showing you an experience and, and I am, um, I'm just happy that people are able to connect with music because I mean, or regardless of the language. And that's something I've seen a lot this past, I want to say couple of years. A lot of, it's not longer anymore about, oh, I can listen to this and under, no, it's like, okay, this sounds really good. And I think it, we, we should play it. And I think we should enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's cross culture and, and that's beautiful. So that's something that I like a lot. And um, yeah, I think, are you ready for my, for my parts for you? I have a little game for sure. But what I what I kind of want to to say before we get started, because I love this idea. We talked about it earlier and a couple of days ago when we talked uh, really for the first time in a while. But my dream job would be one tour with Ozuna. He has this guy that's on stage with him. That's kind of like his like hype man, like his DJ. Uh-huh. He'll say like his name and like he hits the beat. But then like also like the words of the songs that Ozuna doesn't sing, like this guy sings. And if I could oh, do that, if, if I could work on that, this, this this could be, this could this could be a goal for me. This could be this, this could, could be, be next, a career. This, this could be, be next level. Yeah, this could be oh next level. But yeah, no, let's let's talk. Let's let's see how it goes. But what I'll do is really kind of in, I guess, in dedication to his last album, uh, Enoch. Mm-hmm. You came up with this idea, so we'll we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. I I don't know how bad. I, I will be Same. very be very honest. It it could either go well, it could go okay, or it could go poorly. So we're trying to make it interesting. And um, I'm pretty sure your following will appreciate you um, telling, showing them how much Spanish, you know. Well, okay. Well, this is all you, Jaylee. Let's do it. Okay. So these are songs from the new album, Enoch. And this is no sponsorship as well. We're just here as, you know, following base for these people. But um, this is Asuna's album. And how what the segment's going to be about is I will read this lyrics in Spanish to Austin, and we're going to test his Spanish knowledge. Mm. Now, he's heard these songs before, right? Yes. Okay, he's heard these songs before. He may know some of them. Um, I try not to, like, be so... I try not to make it so difficult, so... Most of them come from chorus, from the chorus. So okay. at least you may have repeated a lot. So the first one, what we're going to do is I'll tell you the, the, the title and you tell me what it means in Spanish and then I'll read the lyric. You want to do okay. that? Sure. Okay. So, una locura. So something has to be crazy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's perfect. So... Yeah, that's what it means. It's a cra- one crazy thing. So right. if you could translate, it would be like a crazy thing. Crazy okay, thing. So from yeah. that, now that you know from which song it is, okay, so it says, Y desde que la conocí, se va con la amiga pa' la disco. I wish you guys could see Austin's face right now. <laughs> It's so I know, crazy. so that crazy thing. So I know this is the song that J Balvin is on. Uh-huh. And Enoch. So I know like disco at the end. So that I know that, right? Uh-huh. Um, but if my phone rang at this moment, I would leave and this would be the last thing you heard. So I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I'm, I, I know like some of the words. So like, I know like this word isn't in what you just said, but like K-Va means like no way, right? So like va is like a little bit. So I know like some of that there, but okay, then, you like, got that one. Okay, I'll give it to you. But then, so I'll translate it for you. Sure. Okay, I'll tell you what it says in English, and that way you'll learn it. Okay. And it says, and uh, and since I met her, she leaves. So se va. She yeah, goes. Goes with her friend con la amiga. Yeah. A la disco. To the disco. To the disco. Right. So she goes with her friend to the disco. Okay. So conmigo, I know that like conmigo, conmigo, like with that, I know that. And then like contigo would be like with you. So I know that too. Okay. Okay, good, 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 good. And then 
How about from the same song? No, no. Lo nuestro es una locura. Lo nuestro es una locura. Like the whole thing is a crazy thing? I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, our thing. Our thing. Lo nuestro. Yeah. Es una locura. It's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Look. Now you know when you're singing the song, you're like, lo nuestro es una locura. You yeah. already know what you're saying. Okay? Already know okay, good. Okay, good, good, good. Next, next one. Caramelo. Candy. That you know. Good. Good Great. job. So it says, uh -huh. tu boca no pierde el sabor a caramelo. Can you say that? So like, I know it's like kind of like savor something with, with the candy. So like, let's, can you say it one more time? I think I might be able to do it. So good. So you, you're good. You got it. So it is right. flavor. So sour right. is not savor. It's flavor. flavor. So good. And it is flavor of caramelo. So flavor, that candy flavor. Candy flavor. It says your mouth. Tu boca. boca. So right. that's boca. Right. No pierda el sabor a caramelo. Doesn't lose that flavor of, of candy a candy okay so your your lips essentially to sound more you know poetic your lips Whoa. don't lose that caram that candy flavor i keep okay. saying it's candy okay good and then the last one okay uh-huh del mar from sea or by the sea yes okay Good, good, good. Look, look at you. Listen, he knows the titles, guys. I can do That's this. All that we need. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. I did not look any of this up. I promise you. Okay, so it says, "El sol está que quema y quiero más." Okay, so el, el sol, the sun, uh -huh. and then quiero más would be like want more, right? Uh huh. Uh, is it so? Is it like? want more of the sun uh it says el sol está que quema y quiero más you're missing a little part está right. que quema like hot from the sun yes okay. so put it all together you do you think again is it like from being hot from the sun uh-huh and quiero más uh like want more of it so like uh -huh. i want to be like hot from the sun yes yeah okay. right. good job i gotta, I gotta work on this i gotta work on this so it's a, so it, the sun is really hot and I want more. That's what it says. I was talking with like, with my friend, I'll ask you the same question. So like, if for me, I like, if I watch a TV show, like the office is like my favorite show ever. So what I can do with that is I can watch it with like Spanish subtitles. So like to okay. kind of like know things like that okay. for like growing up, if it was school, like studying for something, it would be like flashcards words. Right. Okay. But with music, what I love is it could be, excuse me, it could be a music video. It could be something there. So if a sentence has like 10 words, I'm pretty confident. I know like three or four of them, but okay. it's kind of figuring out the other six, because like what I could think is something here, it could mean something completely different. If I, mm -hmm. excuse me, don't know all the words, but no, okay. this is great. You definitely tested me. I promise you, I didn't look anything up in advance. So, but I, I know I gotta, I gotta do my last I, I gotta do my work. No, it was great. I think you nailed it. That one last song, you did it really good. Yeah. So I'm proud of you. I thought, to be honest, I thought it was going to go south. south. And it went north. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident by next year, you will, you will be able to be, you know, that backup singer or like help singer too. <laughs> as I, soon as. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta send you uh, the video of what it is because i've like i've showed it to some of my friends and mm -hmm. she thought it was hysterical those concerts are so fun and i know that uh like kind of like us and our group have only been to one i hope like when all this craziness is over whether that be ozuna or whether that be like jay bobbin again or, or or bad bunny that'd be amazing like just like those artists right now i said it in an earlier podcast just to kind of like conclude this this episode out like Ozuna and Bad Bunny at the end of the 2020s. And they're really kind of like there now, like they're two of the biggest, if not the biggest names in music right now and kind of like where they're at. And, and just, there are people who could, you could say like, they don't have a lot, but they know who those people are and they've heard their music. And the fact that it could be people that their songs are heard all over the world and they're only getting like bigger, I think is just really, really mm -hmm. uh, special. So I can't wait to see what's next with, Ozuna, he's been dropping an album a year, and then Bad Bunny just gave us three. 
So yeah. <laughs> there's, I, I gotta uh, work on that. But no, this has been this has been so good. I, I I love that you could come on the show today and we could talk about things. You definitely gave me a list of things: seven pounds, bird box, and then hopefully by the next time we talk, if a sentence has ten words, I at least know seven or eight. So I'll work on that too. Please, but. I'm looking forward to that. It was great. Thank you for having me on your show. I think it's amazing that you get to, you know, have fun. And um, I know this is kind of like your part of your dream. There's a lot, you know, you this is what you enjoy. And this is who Austin is, like your core self. So yeah. it's great. I'm just happy I was able to tag along and, and talk a little bit. And I know we've had, we have similar mindset in, in a lot of, like what movies mean and music means to us. So that's that's really cool. And it's cool that you have this space for the people you know and to talk and talk and talk. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. thank you for thank you for saying that. That really right there is to have those interesting conversations, those meaningful conversations with those elements of this podcast. So with that being said, that is a wrap on yeah. episode 17 or a wrap on uh, episode Diese Siete. good friend Jaylee. So Jaylee, thank you so much. That's going to do it for us today on Live On Set. Live On Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. That's a wrap on episode 17. We will be back next week, episode 18, the season one finale of Live On Set. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See you guys next week. And as always, much love.